the uniqueness in voices across Asia is so amazing, but it's untapped, especially in this medium. I want to see that activated. Welcome to the Geopats podcast, where we like learning about the world through niche things like books, podcasting, coffee, language, and so much more. Welcome back after a rather long hiatus. I missed you. <laughs> Let's get right to it, shall we? Today we have a podcasting show and we have Norman Chella on here. He is the current host of the Pod Lovers Asia podcast, a podcast covering the Asian podcasting industry. He is on a mission to map out the entire scene. He does this by interviewing leaders, hosts, and more to get their take. Before we dive into the episode, I have two quick announcements to make. One is that we have so many different shows on the Geopets podcast, and I want to make it easy for you to find the ones that you want. Podchaser has a new feature where you can put episodes into a list on their website and then export it as an RSS feed. What this means to you is that I have put all now 11 episodes of the Geopets podcast, Global Podcaster Show, into one list. In the show notes, I will have the RSS feed to you. If you are interested in this show, but not any of the others that we have going on, you can actually add this RSS feed to your podcast app super easily and just get updates on these shows. The second thing is also Podchaser related, funny enough, is that we're starting to accumulate some lovely reviews over on Podchaser, and I would like to read one of them to you. I'm going to go in order as I read these, and this one was the first one that we got back in December when I was far too shy to share these with you, but here we go. This one is from Stashan. <laughs> oh, that's his Podchaser name. Uh, the host, Steph, has a smooth voice that reminds me of late night radio way back in the early aughts. She's funny, passionate, and smart, and it all comes through in her show. She covers many different aspects of the international experience, and her feed features enough variety while still managing to have an overarching theme take a listen. Thank you so much, Sean, for that. And two people have actually hearted that uh, review as well. If you'd like to leave a review for us on Podchaser, that would be amazing. It's just podchaser.com. The beautiful thing about Podchaser is that you don't need a specific device and it does not country divide. Anyone anywhere in the world can go to the website and write those reviews. They also are starting to have integrations with certain podcasting apps. Let's see what Norm had to say about the podcasting scene over back in Asia, where I left five, five months ago. Okay, Norm, let's do this. Well, thank you so much, Norm, for joining us on the Geopats Podcast Global Podcaster Show. No worries. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and of course, since we are global, you have to tell people where you are located right now. Sure. Uh, I am based in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Pretty hot out here. I'm sweating and on this lovely Saturday and just came back. Let's go ahead and introduce your podcast. My show is called Pot Lovers Asia and the tagline is covering the Asian podcasting scene. It's a bit self-explanatory, but I take a deep dive into what is happening around the podcasting industry across all Asian countries and pretty much anyone who contributes to it. So that ranges from hosts to producers to companies trying to tap into the market as well as anybody starting up their show, as long as I get, can get an amazing angle or a unique angle for what they're trying to do, what issues they're trying to tap into or share with the rest of the world. It's something of relevance to me. I wanted to really map out the entire scene because there is 
pretty much little to no coverage on it from what I've noticed since the past few years. Uh, a lot of news and a lot of developments in the podcasting industry are from other countries, uh, namely US, UK, Australia. Um, and they would then influence Asian podcasting activities or any form of developments that way. It's pretty interesting because that means that a lot of listeners and a lot of contributors would look outwards to see growth and development in their own industry. But I wanted to put that upside down. I wanted to uh, make us look more inward to see our developments from different countries. I'm really glad that you did. I have different kinds of shows on the Geopats podcast. And the one you're on now, the Global Podcaster Show, is a relatively new one because I am an American. So a lot of my podcasting mm. listening started in the US, even though I started podcasting when I was in China. And I noticed that there's so much, probably because it originated there and all kinds of reasons. There's good stuff coming out of the US, but it is globally very US centric, especially in the English language. So I was really excited to have a different perspective mm. without the language barriers. Okay, where can the listeners find you, Norm? Because you're all over social media, which is wonderful. I'm on Twitter at Chella, and I am on LinkedIn, which if you just search Norman Chella, I'm the only one uh, in LinkedIn with that name. I'm the most active. I mean, I'm, I have all the social media accounts, but I'm most active on those two. So if you mm. want to reach out to me, Twitter is probably the best bet because I check Twitter all the time. And if you'd like to email me, which is something that I do a lot of, so email is my game. I am at norm at potloversasia.com. Uh, you don't need to put the A-N at the end. Uh, people just want to call me Norm. It's perfectly fine. But there's two quick things I need to clear up with you. Asia, what do you <laughs> include in Asia? And I'm sure you get that question a lot. Sure, sure. Um, Asia, you, you can't generalize uh, using the word Asia, which is why I don't like to say covering just Asia. I cover the Asian scene, which means that anybody that contributes into the Asian scene can be non-Asian. And there are elements of Asia all around the world. So if you want to know what I cover, I would cover regions like Southeast Asia, East Asia, South Asia. So we're looking at, you know, Japan, South Korea, or South Asia would be, you know, India, uh, Pakistan. Mm -hmm. And um, going to other places would be Myanmar, Bhutan, a few contacts there, which I would love to interview. But if you look outside of the region, Asia is such an amazing mixture of cultures, of nuances, of perspectives that you can find elements of it everywhere else. So I would also interview Asian Americans who would cover the topics that are passionate to them from their own perspective or those who would touch on Asian identity, which is something that I, I have a personal connection to, seeing as though I am Asian after all. And yeah, uh, some of the guests aren't even from Asia at all, but they contribute in their own unique way. They allow for the activation of Asian voices. And that is enough reason for me to reach out to them and say, hey, uh, let's talk on my show. So. That's right, how right. I cover or define Asia. Fantastic. So it is the broader classification. of it. And the reason why I ask is one, because I used to live in Asia and some places had different, you know, different definitions of what was considered Asia. Is it just Northeast Asia? Is it Northeast and Southeast? Do you extend over through India and all that kind of stuff? So I'm, I'm glad you're doing the bigger umbrella. And the second question I had regarding this is language. You said that there isn't a lot of coverage in about Asian podcasting. Is that true for other languages or is that just true for in English? Okay, this is an interesting question because it is very nation dependent. When you are talking about English podcasts from Asia, I would say, yes, I agree. There's little to no coverage. And that is because we, as English language podcasts from Asia, are trying to capture the attention of listeners who would, one, listen to English language podcasts in general, 
which means that we will be, I wouldn't say competing, but we are in the same space as Mm -hmm. those high production, amazing, well-backed podcasts from all around the world. That's interesting. But when you talk about other languages, so Mm -hmm. Thai, Korean, and I believe Japanese podcasts are thriving, but we don't know about what's happening there. I just got off a call out of a company that is growing more and more in South Korea. And after hearing their thoughts uh, on how the Korean podcasting scene is happening, it's really optimistic. They have the highest listenership rate in the world, higher than the US, which is pretty interesting. But we don't know anything about any popular Korean shows uh, Mm -hmm. or podcasts rather. We don't know anything about their listenership behaviors. Well, let me stop you there. So is are there podcasts on the Korean podcasting scene in Korean that you know of? Oh, that I know of? No, I I yeah. don't. I don't. Or um, in any other languages they, in the perspective respective countries. Oh, um uh, Vietnam has mm-hmm. quite a number of Vietnamese language podcasts. Mm-hmm. So there is one company called Waves. So I think waves.co, I think it's like two Vs in there. Mm-hmm. And they are a Vietnamese podcast production company. They have quite Mm -hmm. a number of podcasts in Vietnamese. I don't speak Vietnamese, so I can't really understand what they're saying. But I did talk to the the founder and he did tell me that they they do quite a number of a range of topics. So they range from self-development to analyzing book readings to education on language and more. Somewhere a little bit closer would be there's a rise in Malay language podcasts. So Mm -hmm. podcasters from Malaysia as well as podcasts in Singapore that cover different languages. But so far, Bahasa Malaysia is quite high up there. I can list quite a number. Sure, sure, sure. In the so there, okay, so there are some podcasts about the podcasting scene in specific niches. But what you're trying to do, yes. I think, is, is kind of like an overall education in English to reach more people and tell them what's happening. Is exactly. That, it's, right? it's just to put them on the stage. It's just to let uh, right. the average listener know, like, hey, there are... Indonesian podcast or hey uh, there's this pair of co-hosts in Nepal that talk about humanitarian issues Mm -hmm. through a podcast Mm -hmm. or hey A does this in this country Um, and it's just yeah it's just a matter of putting these shows out there my my -hmm. job is only just to be a messenger I'm just here to let you know this is happening that's that's pretty much it that's pretty much the goal I know you said there isn't much of a podcasting scene in Malaysia, but what is there? What kind of shows are people doing and what languages are they doing them in? Sure. So there are, just like any other country or any other market, there are three main players. You have the indies, the networks, and you have the broadcast companies. So Mm -hmm. broadcast companies have majority of listenership in Malaysia in that they have a podcasting branch since they have the resources, the editing firepower and the studios to match, uh, they can create all kinds. So broadcasting companies are different than networks. They are different. Yeah. Uh, At least in my definition. By networks, I mean podcast networks, right? So not not like broadcasting networks or anything like that. So podcast networks specifically. Um, Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Like radio networks that podcast. Is that what you mean? Exactly. Yes. Those are separate, right? Yeah. Okay. So broadcast companies, they have... Uh, like I said, a podcasting branch, but the majority of them use that avenue to play catch-up radio, which means mm-hmm. that every time that they talk about podcasts, it's just another excuse for them to re-listen to uh, broadcasted content that has already expired. Uh, because time decay is a very typical thing in most radio schedules. And it's quite sad because a lot of people who hear the word podcast tend to hear it from radio, at least in Malaysia, and a lot of them associate it with catch-up radio, which is not the only format 
which is quite tragic uh, to me, at least. And then you have the podcast networks. Now, podcast networks are, you have the big ones all around the world, like the Gimlets and the Wonderies and all. In Malaysia, we have a few. So the big one, the few I can think of right now is Renegade Radio, which is English language podcasts uh, spanning a range of topics uh, from literature to self-development to self-development for youths in Mandarin Chinese, I believe. And they have a few more. I think they're going to do a bit of journalistic deep dive into specific pieces of history as well. So they are modeling themselves after Gimlet, essentially. There are Bahasa Malaysia language podcast networks as well. There's one coming up called ons.co. So onzz.co. I believe that is the website name made by ex-radio DJs. So they have quite a number of uh, radio experience. Maybe that will translate well. I'm not too sure. And there, there are a few more. And then you have the indies. So this relates a lot more with the recent offline meetup that I did. I did a collaborating event with Renegade Radio and we decided to do the first Malaysia podcasters meetup. And it wasn't really marketed that, you know, to that certain extent. It was just, hey, a Facebook event, let's just attract all the people together. And within a span of like one week and a half of marketing, we had a turnout of like 20 people, 20 people That's that are nice. not including us, us at all. And all of them are indies. Every single one of them had their own show. So oh, it's pretty fascinating. A quarter of them are Malay language podcasts, uh, namely in gaming. Some of them are interview shows. I remember there's one show called the Creative Curry Podcast, which is an interview show interviewing creatives, creatives to break down their creative process every time they try to build something. So yeah. like a musician breaking down how they made the song or a filmmaker breaking down how they made this movie. I believe the host is called Dinesh. I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think he came on the show like when I can. Uh, there are a couple of people who are starting conversational podcasts. So think of those roundtable pods where they cover mm-hmm. one specific topic. Uh, they just started. There was this one lady who is covering humanitarian issues or issues on illegal immigrants. And they want to do a deep dive to report on the illegal immigrants that came into Malaysia and how they're doing and how they're surviving. There's one person from a public entity who is trying to push for the podcasting medium to be more marketed or more exposed to the rest of the elements of literacy across Malaysia. So they basically want more people to learn more about the medium itself. It's not just catch-up radio. It's much more. A few more. There's like one comedy podcast. There are a couple of Indian Malaysian comedians who chat about world things, but they are known comedians in Malaysia, so it's pretty funny. Uh, They've done a few live events as well. I think they're called the Macha Men Podcast. There's a whole list, um, and they're all indie. That's the interesting thing. So there are a few popular ones. I mean, they weren't present at the time, but the biggest independent podcast shows listened to in Malaysia tend to be what I call the Coffee Talk Podcast, the light-hearted chat with friends style podcasts. And those are normally made by people who have star power, i.e. they've already had a following from a different platform like YouTube. uh, Because we have quite a few YouTube influencers uh, here. So Mm -hmm. that's pretty much the gist of what Malaysian podcasting is at the moment. But uh, plenty more updates in the future. 
let's take a break for a second from the conversation with Norm to hear about a couple of my favorite podcasts coming out of Asia, the region that we're talking about today, specifically Thailand and India. I'm Greg, longtime expat and creator and co-host of the Bangkok podcast. Every week, my good friend Ed and I release a new show that explores one aspect of life in Thailand's capital. From chat-style shows about understanding Thai culture, finding a place to live and dealing with reverse culture shock, to interview shows with linguists, politicians, celebrities, and Buddhist monks, we help you understand Bangkok like no other show can. Check it out at bangkokpodcast.com. Did you know in the 20th century, people used to think that smoking is good for health? Did you know that coffee culture started in the Middle East as opposed to the West? The per capita consumption of ice cream in the US is 23 liters every year. And it's possible to 3D print a pizza as demonstrated by NASA in 2013. You could easily Google these, but you wouldn't because you're lazy. Welcome to Writer and Geek Show, and we are your hosts, Vishnu and Shankar. Every week, we bring you the most interesting yet Googleable facts to empower you by making you knowledgeable about things you would never research on. You can listen to us on your favorite podcasting app, or you can go to our website, writerandgeek.com. So let, let's dig into the why, which I think means okay. we have to go back to your <laughs> podcast listening habits. Were you a huge podcast listener before you started being a podcaster? Oh, uh, I was a huge YouTube consumer. I mean, I ah, still am. Yeah. And I was listening to some shows that are called podcasts and they just happened to have a video element. In my head, I counted that as YouTubing. So I wasn't aware that that was actually a podcast. It was a few years until I actually realized that I could listen to the audio version only. So if I was watching that show in 2013 and I only started listening to the audio version from 2016 onwards, and that's when I realized that, oh, this is uh, audio on demand. This is downloadable audio. So it was only when I started podcasting for real myself that I realized just how the, the potential of this medium. Mm-hmm. So I started creating my first show in 2017. So that's been a few years. <laughs> it has, yeah. Oh my gosh, you're in the 2017 crew. I know so many people, who, myself included, who started podcasting in 2017. There's something magical that happened that year. <laughs> a coincidence, um, I think. A lot of people uh, who are <laughs> start from there are nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> what was the thing that helped you understand that those YouTube channels were also podcasts? I completely ignored the word podcast uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in the title and in how they were trying to define themselves. Sure. But I remember hearing that, like hearing it over and over again, you can also listen to the podcast on these specific mm-hmm. uh, apps. And that, it was, a strange, it was strange to me because at first my thought was, oh, this is only a video thing. But I Googled podcasts because I didn't know mm-hmm. what that meant because uh, maybe it was a technical term or something. And it said audio only. So there's an audio only version. And that's when I tested the show out in audio. So oh, I thought that okay. thought that was fascinating because I thought that I had to treat the show like I would be watching it, which is, you know, <laughs> have a screen dedicated to watching the show. But I, I left it on my screen. I'm like, oh, I'm not looking at anything. I'm just looking at this, this bar, this audio sure. player playing. Sure. And 
I ended up, I could clean my room while listening, which is fantastic. And that's when I found the beauty of it. Uh, and that's when I treated it a lot more seriously. Part of the reason I'm asking that is part of my pod world goal is to help people discover podcasts from YouTube or just from whatever content they're from. Like I do a fair amount of stuff with books and I'm trying to get book lovers to add podcasts, not necessarily substitute because there's a lot of book podcasts that are really cool that would supplement their reading. And so I'm trying to figure out how to bring people into podcasting from other places. And YouTube is definitely one of them. I think there's a lot of people watching those podcasts on YouTube or YouTubes that are also podcasts or however we term them. That that don't realize yeah. it also that there's other ways they can view them. So that's really interesting. What was the first podcast that you did in 2017? Uh, I'm still doing it now, actually. So 2017, I have a hobby of writing short story fiction, and cool. one of those, yeah. So one of those moments where I really wanted to take that to the next level was that there was a short story competition coming out, and I wanted to submit a story to it. So I wrote this one story. It's embarrassing. It's about this uh, strange character that can see the dreams in other people. And then he visits like a a village in a jungle. It's based on my life in some way. There's some influences. But I wrote the story and I finished the draft. I edited it and I was completely ready to submit it. And then I got scared in the last minute because I was afraid of being judged for the story or something along those lines. And then it came to my head that I really like those moments where you are narrating a book or a storybook and there are these children listening to you as you're taking voices or you are narrating a show and you have these characters coming in and you're describing the scene. So I decided to make a podcast where I'm narrating my own story and that became a show called Tempered Fables. So uh, Tempered Fables is, is a short story fiction podcast And each and every episode is a story I write myself, I narrate, I host, I produce myself completely. And I do all the voices, I write all the characters, and it's it's been going on since now. So that's three years in the making. (laughs) Story was very personal to me. The setting itself is in a village in the jungle, and I have an indigenous background. So I come Mm -hmm. from Borneo Island. Uh, we're from the Iban tribe and I do have family in the jungle, which is like five, six hours drive uh, into the forests. Right. So we're, I'm taking a piece of myself and putting it into a story. And I was afraid of, I guess I was really sensitive at the time. It was my first time actually sharing my full on story publicly that way. And I backed out mm-hmm. in the last minute and I chose podcast as the next best thing to publish my work. You're probably reaching more people by having made that choice. So that sounds like a very uh, good accident (laughs) to have happened. And that that podcast is still going. (laughs) You're still writing stuff for that and producing stuff for that, right? Yeah. Episode, oh Lord, Uh, I forgot the number. (laughs) Episode 34 uh, was released just like last week. So it's like a bi-weekly thing. Let's go back for a second to your podcasting setup now. I imagine it's very different than when you started in 2017. But right now, what, for example, like what mic do you use? How do you record? How do you edit? Just the basics. I have a Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB Mm -hmm. microphone, which is right here. You can see it. Uh, I'm using it right now. Uh, With a foam mic and a custom onstage heavy stand. I don't think I can. Let me see if I can that right there oh my gosh norm look at this can you see yeah it's the exact yeah it's the exact exact same same same. (laughs) there you go i love this yeah i 
actually sold the one I had in Shanghai before I moved six weeks ago, and I missed it so much in the first few weeks in Germany. I ended up buying it again at Amazon Germany. So yeah, this is the best stand ever. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> please continue. <laughs> yeah, no, it's such a good stand. It, it seriously it is. is. I used to have a Blue Yeti. I mean, I used to use a Blue Yeti for uh, for my initial recordings, but I switched to this. I would record into Adobe Audition because they have the most powerful adaptive noise reduction plugin ever. So. When you hear my voice, you will only hear my voice and nothing in the background. And I edit every single episode in Audacity because I have not learned how to make an episode in Audition yet. <laughs> so wait, <laughs> you have Audition, years. but you're editing in, in Audacity still. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, okay, it's simpler. Okay. It's simpler to me. It too. is. Yeah. And it I have custom entire... short shortcuts and all that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, you can do. Th- oh, I'm so basic when it comes to editing. I'm, I need to. I need to upscale. But yeah, that the whole reason I haven't switched, people have referred me to uh, Reaper and Audition and all these mm. other ones. And I just, even some cloud ones, people have asked me, hey, do you want to try this one? And I'm like, I, I'm so lazy. I would much rather, not lazy, I'd much <laughs> rather spend time on content and outreach than I would on editing skills and learning a new program when it works. Audacity works. Yeah, exactly. It has its flaws, but it, it gets the job done. So um, if you have your flow and you have your your workflow happening and your efficiency and all your shortcuts Mm -hmm. working well, then who needs to switch? I am going to switch soon to uh, Hindenburg uh, because Audacity is failing me on some slow parts sooner or later. (laughs) just found out that in February, they go on massive sale. And I don't remember if the sale is over yet this year or not, but next year it's on my dream list to see if I can catch the sale. I think it's around 200 US, which is expensive, but I think it's a lifelong purchase, if I remember right. But just FYI. If you're getting the pro one, I think it is, yeah, yeah. that, that yeah. much, yeah. I, I got yeah. the uh, the basic one for now, because I just want to learn the tech first before I commit completely. That's yeah. true. I didn't realize they had a tech one. I was just like, if I'm if I'm switching, I'm switching to the hardcore, which is why I've been putting it off for so long. Oh, where do you host? I host on Captivate. They have a lot of different functions. In on the website, right? Yeah, yeah, they have quite a lot. It's uh quite, quite an extensive feature list. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't have a website, they will auto build a website for you. If you want to share your post, you can share it in like three different ways. Mm-hmm. So they have already formatted the text for you to copy paste for social media and for direct links and for your blog posts. Blah blah blah. Uh, sure. A lot of things seem pretty seamless, so I went with them. And when you first started in 2017, how different was your setup then? Oh, first of all, not treated because <laughs> I didn't know about, you know, what we call the echo, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, having a blanket over your microphone or anything like that. I didn't, I didn't really do any form of treating uh, for the environment. So the first episode I ever did for Template Fables, my job at the time, I borrowed the office space, which is this tiny room that has echoes all around. No fabric at all. And it was a Blue Yeti, which is a condenser. And the walls are thin, so I can hear meetings from other companies next door. So it was like one of the worst things ever. Like I was so scrappy with how I was building the show. And and then I realized the power of actually just doing it in my room. And from there, it, I switched mics and it was a lot better from there. Do you still have the older episodes up or are you hiding those? I mean, yeah, it's 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 humbling, <laughs> right? It's humbling to remember where I'm from. The episodes are still up, but I would add a bit of pre-roll in the beginning to say like, mm-hmm. hey, these are old episodes. They're sure. bad. They're crap, right? Like, <laughs> Just start from the latest. 
please start from the latest. I, I, please do not start from here and ask them to start from the latest because it's, uh, it's not serialized. So you can start from any episode. Yeah. Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. I love it when podcasters keep well, the old stuff up because I like hearing the difference and I like knowing that, you know, as I'm going along, things will, you know, I'll, I'll improve what I'm doing too. And I think it's important for new podcasters to hear that. Because a lot of times they'll just listen to the network shows and they'll be like, I can never sound like that. And I'm like, yeah, you might never, but you could still sound really good if you, you know, just keep going and, and pay attention to a few things. Steph here. I just wanted to pop in and tell you some information that you may not already know about the Geopets podcast and specifically about my podcasting projects that extend beyond geopaths, believe it or not. First and foremost, at stephfuccio.com, S-T-E-P-H-F-U-C-C-I-O, you can see all of the things I'm about to talk to you about. There's podcast events and groups. There's groups for listeners and podcasters. Also, we've got Pod Rev Day. Write a review and then you can share it. With the world. In any social media platform. And then your friends see it and you can share and discover new shows together. This is Steph, instigator of Pod Rev Day, podcast review day. And I'm Andy from Inspired Money. And I'm Arielle of Earbuds Podcast Collective and CastBox. We're here to tell you everything you need to know about Pod Rev Day. Which is on the 8th of every month, of every year, of every century, of every... You get it. We are posting podcast reviews as part of hashtag Pod Rev Day, podcast review day. Because podcasters work their butts off and deserve to know how much they've impacted your lives. And you can do that through reviews. Even one star feels surprisingly <laughs> good. Does it? It lets you know that people are at least listening. Don't be a passive podcast listener. Write a review and tell your favorite creator what you love about their podcast or about a specific episode. And to participate, you just need to do one review. And we'll see you every eighth of the month. Pod Rev Day. Because podcasters deserve to hear it. Hashtag Pod Rev Day. P-O-D-R-E-V-D-A-Y. To support the podcast, we have a support page with affiliates. We also have a buy me a coffee thing. If you ever want to buy me a coffee, that's all on there. I have affiliates that will help you if you're a podcaster. I have affiliate links that will help you if you're an expat, especially right now, American expat. I hope to build those up to include more stuff. There's also a contact page where you, you can leave me a typed message or you can leave me a, a, a voice message on SpeakPipe. So however you spend your time on stephfuccio.com, I'm excited that you're listening and I'm excited that you you will go over to the website and check these things out and hopefully pass it on to someone else that you think might be interested. So all of that is at stephfuccio.com. I'm pretty excited about the podcasting related things that we're doing, and I hope that you get involved. Let's dig into this community because you're talking to so many people in Asia. How do you find people? How do you connect with them? Like, what's your strategy? So this community is broad in that I'm covering all of Asia. It's mm -hmm. a little bit easier for me to find people who may be interested, although they are interested in different levels because you have listeners, you have creators, you have companies who want to tap into the market. It all starts from each and every guest that I have on my show. I would reach out to someone who contributes in any way and I would ask them to guest. And after that, we keep in touch and I would ask them if they know anybody who is contributing that way. So that's more of my one-on-one -on -one approach. I would plus one to my network essentially by doing it that way. Another one is the interesting opportunity that I had last year. So we, me and a few other individuals organized the Asia Podcast Summit, which was a virtual summit 
uh, pulling in experts from all across Asia uh, to provide insight on podcasting from their own perspective. Um, so we had experts from India, Philippines, Singapore, Malaysia, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we had this huge user base of people who wants to learn about podcasting and experts who want to see what these thought leaders would say about podcasting in general. And since I was part of the team, I had direct contact with all of them. So that was an advantage for me to say, hey, it's me. I'm from Asia Podcast Summit. Blah, blah, blah. Let's keep in touch. And from there, by saying that I hosted the Asia Podcast Summit, by saying that I have a show that covers the Asian podcasting scene, by saying that I am in charge of basically keeping people up to date that I have this industry to cover, people get attracted to what I do. And it's fascinating. It's going two ways, especially on LinkedIn and on Twitter. Those are the two biggest ones. So mm-hmm. LinkedIn, they like the fact that there are meetups. Uh, they like the fact that they are, there is activity in Asia in terms of podcasting. So there are big companies reaching out to me for a coffee or for a video call just to get to know to me and to build rapport. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, I, I've been contributing to uh, platforms where people are talking about podcasting in Asia. So there was this one media conference that was gonna that was going to start, but sadly due to the virus, it was pushed back. But there happens to be a lot of podcasters in that group, in that Telegram group. So I became very active, and I reached out to every single one of them, and I told them I covered the scene. That it also helped that I interviewed the person organizing the event uh, on Podlovers Asia. So mm-hmm. lots of credibility that way. Yeah. So it's a mixture of all these things. I've put myself in the unique position where if I want to know more about the Asian podcasting scene, I know the right person to talk to. And if I don't, I know where to go to find the right person to talk to, interview them and learn from them. And I become this pillar where people would be attracted to me, Mm -hmm. which is really fascinating. It's been an interesting journey so far. Do you find at this point that people are contacting you more than you're trying to find people to contact? Oh, no, no, no. I'm still reaching out uh, more than ever. The, the opportunities where people will be contacting me uh, are only once in a while. Uh, they tend to be the ones that see the potential in building a community uh, Asia-wide. Uh, it's to do with the market itself. Uh, that's what I think, at least. It's because it barely exists that there is no defined platform or defined space, which is the Asia podcasting space. It's a big disadvantage. But the advantage of that is that because we don't have a defined space, we can define it now. So I'm trying to help define that by letting people know, hey, we do have a space. Come, let's connect. Let's, let's talk. Let's do something. Let's collaborate. Blah, blah, blah. Let's sure, sure, build sure. some buzz. And that's how things go. Why? What's your ultimate goal in all of this? What do you, what do you want at the end to come of all of these connections? Oh, okay. Many different levels. One, (laughs) let's go with macro level first. So at macro level, I want to see more niche content come out from Asia that is strictly, or that is specifically Asian, not attempts at mimicking content from overseas, not attempts at trying to be the next, you know, big influencing podcast, uh, but rather podcast that I can say is specifically made in Malaysia for Malaysians by Malaysians or uh, from Singapore about Singapore or like specifically can only be found in Singapore. It cannot be replicated anywhere else. Um, Mm -hmm. The uniqueness in voices across Asia is so 
amazing. And I'm sure you know this because you've lived there, uh, but it's untapped, especially in this medium. Mm-hmm. I want to see that activated. I want to see that um, happen more often in a way where instead of listeners looking outward to American shows, I mean, no, no offense to American shows. They're amazing. I listen to so many, but not to look outward uh, outside of Asia for shows, but to look inward and be proud of the fact that, wow, uh, we can create amazing stories and shows mm-hmm. like this. Um, that's at macro level. At micro level, I want to be one of the people to support that. So this is on a personal level. Uh, I want to be one of the voices that would help that. Uh, I want to build a sustainable model where I can contribute to that in my own way. And that's because I feel so much for the medium as someone who doesn't shut up. I make so many shows. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't stop talking. Like my friends would tell me like, wow, you don't shut up. And I'm like, I know. But I feel so much for this medium that that it makes me feel really grateful that I can help uh, with the scene in some way. Even if it's just introducing two people to another via email or even if it's making a post about, hey, this one Indonesian show talked about the following. Anything like that uh, makes me grateful. So I feel that way. Uh, also, uh, maybe attract some money. I mean, that would be great because there's a limit to how much gratitude can put money on the uh, food on the table so i'm glad that you did mention that because that is an issue podcasting and we've we've seen a a bunch of podcasters go through this i'm sure podcasting can start to eat away at every part of your life and eventually there are boundaries that need to be made and and there's money that needs to be made to at least at minimum sustain it and at maximum, I don't know about you, but I would love to have podcasting be my income. Right now, I'm still in hobby status, but I would like to, whether it be services, events, or the podcast itself, I would like something or a combination of them to actually be how I make my money. That doesn't mean I wouldn't do things to help other podcasters because I always share stuff. That's part of who I am. But money is how we live. So there's no way around that. Yeah, it's fascinating, especially with this uh, market that isn't really defined yet. As an indie, you may see references to how indie podcasters make money. Mm-hmm. But because this space isn't that defined yet, mm-hmm. I'm still searching for potential avenues for making money. And I just had this talk actually with just a couple of people uh, from a really, really big audio hosting solutions company. And we were talking about different avenues for the average podcaster to make something back in Asia. It could be collaborations. It could be workshops, seminars. It could be events Mm -hmm. management, you know, making tickets from live events, et cetera. So, so many avenues. So many. So plenty of chances to explore. Yeah. And a lot of people do guest speaking because so many people want to get into podcasting that I've heard some folks who have a substantial side income coming in from doing speaking uh, events as Mm -hmm. well. Oh, I would love to do that. Oh, I I love being on stage. I started yeah. <laughs> podcasting in China and my Chinese language level was mostly strong in reading. And even that was at a pretty low level. So locally there was a, there was a very strong limit to what I could do. So I just hopped onto as many online conferences and online things that I could do like international podcast day and, and, uh, and a lot of the live streams like podcasters Roundtable and that kind of thing just to get out there. Cause I love sharing this stuff and I'm sure it sounds like you do too. And I was just like, I want to talk about this more, <laughs> but those were all the, like yeah. volunteer events, but I would love to be able to do that on a much larger scale and to, um, yeah. Cause there's so much information and there's so many to use the word that I love that you keep using. There's so many layers to podcasting, both as listeners and as podcasters. And I would love to jump in there and, 
and spread the word in person. Yeah, um, there are people like wanting to sponsor. They want to like do all kinds of things. So it's it's exciting. It's exciting. So exciting. Uh, hopefully the money comes in and I can keep doing it. That's the biggest yes. one. Like it's not it's not even to like be rich or anything. I want to just sustain that. No. Like I would love and, to. And if you accidentally get path. rich by spreading the pod joy, who cares? I mean, you're you're doing good <laughs> for people's ears. So yeah, I will cross my fingers for you. But in Germany, you know, they don't cross fingers. They touch thumbs. So I'm going to cross my fingers oh. and I'm going to touch thumbs for you <laughs> and for me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> what is something you would tell a new podcaster anywhere in Asia? But what one piece of advice do you wish you knew that you'd like to tell them in starting their podcast? There are only three things that I would love to tell any new podcaster. Because nine times out of 10, their enthusiasm for starting a show, the motives behind that can be a little bit off. Some of them are thinking, oh, I want to do this for money. And that's always a really bad sign. And some of them, they underestimate the amount of work put into a show. So I always tell them three things. One is you have all the tech you need and everything is free. Two, have a good plan for starting the show. As in, write down a piece of paper, have your topics, plan out four episodes. And when you're ready, schedule them beforehand. As in, batch record them beforehand. And the third one is the Probably the most important one, I want you to do all the work required for one month's worth of work. And then at the end of the one month, ask yourself again, do I want to do this for the next month? And if your answer is no, you should stop podcasting. Ain't it sad that you've never seen just how beautiful life can be? In fact, if I had to make a call, I'd say you never seen yourself at all. Just a flaw here and a flaw there when you're standing in your underwear. Girl, you don't have to buy anything. Confidence has always been free. Some sweet perfume That's why I'm here If you so choose To lose uh, 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 Your body blues Bye.
Friday blues Where there's no fear Cause I'm sincere of heart I'm just a Day blue.